There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Listen, can't you see? I'm listening to RTP. And I'm going to tell you why. I think this part is fly. They'll watch a movie show. Talk is back Romance, then Mikey says something dumb. Todd wears ten pairs of pants. Page Mikey and Todd. Page Mikey and Todd. Oh, I love you, baby. Romance in the pod. Page Mikey and Todd. Page Mikey and Todd. Well, I need you, baby. Romance in the pod. Woo! Thank you for tuning into Romance in the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I am Mikey Randolph. And I'm running for state senate. (laughs) (laughs) Mikey, no! And I'm Todd Schlosser, and I am also running for state senate. And (laughs) this week, I made you guys watch Bridget Bridget Jones' Jones Diary. Diary. I will accept apologies in the form of bath bombs and a candy and door dashing Wingstop to my house. I'll get Jake right on that, I suppose. Um, (laughs) Why did you pick this, Todd? Because I had never seen it, and it is like one of those movies that like was a thing growing up, but I had never seen it, uh, and we had done a Richard Curtis movie, and I wanted to do the Richard Curtis movie I'm going to pick next, mm-hmm. and I was just like, well, I'll just do Bridget Jones' Diary and make it like a theme, and you know, cap it off with Mamma Mia, and then we'll call it a night. Oh, God damn it. Mamma Mia is such a fucking terrible movie. So that, that's going to be my pick. But it's not going to be. <laughs> I actually have one pick before Mamma Mia. But before we'll, we'll, Mamma Mia. We'll get to it. Is it yeah. Pirate Radio? No, because that's not really a rom-com. But it's I a know, good movie. I really like Pirate rom-com. Radio. It's a good movie, though. But yeah. But I'll, I'll be honest with you. I didn't, like, hate, hate this movie. It's just, in hindsight, insane that they want me to think that she is, like, a big lady. She she has a visible thigh gap in this film. Yeah, it's insane to think that she is like fat, which they do sort of call her all movie. All movie. Yeah. Entire film. I want to get just as mad as y'all. I really do. But most of this film was a bunch of people going like blah, 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 and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And I had a very hard time paying attention until they fought at the end. And then I was like. This is why I like action movies. And then um, <laughs> I don't really know, except for a couple of lines. They just talked a lot. And her diary was only one or two sentences an entry. And so it was like a nine-year-old's diary. And that just made the whole film feel weirder to me. <laughs> First off, 
I loved your critical analysis of this movie. So thank you <laughs> for sharing that with us. The characters oh. had lines. <laughs> Fucking wild. Mikey is so good in a first date, ladies. Like, he will not pay attention to you. I like that you were like, I can't believe they talk about me looking at my phone. This movie had talking in it. <laughs> so much talking. <laughs> if she would have wrote half as much as she talked, then that I would believe this book was a bestseller. I mean, and the book is like a bestseller. The I book know. is very famous. Yeah. Page two. I don't like so so. He mean next entry and i was like that's a weird diary entry for an adult yeah well it's also like it, it's pretty much like pride and prejudice really like it's no it's more like mean girls it's basically a burn book not a diary i mean darcy's in it like it, it's yeah like, they use a piece of pride and prejudice but then the rest of it is not pride and prejudice at all so yeah, the darcy flip is very yeah. pride and prejudice right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but like i mean <laughs> it, it's wild to think that pride and prejudice is probably better as far as like how they feel about characters weight than a movie that came out in in 2001 here's the thing i i am not a pride and prejudice fan that's fine but at least i will argue that elizabeth bennett has courage and self-assuredness and tells people what the fuck is up sometimes and boy did we need some of that in this movie yeah so yeah, I would say Pride and Prejudice does handle it better. And again, that's as someone who don't like that that story <laughs> that much. Yeah, but I, I did think it was super interesting to have a movie that like w- just told you the entire time that the person who we're seeing on screen is like an like an ugly person when she clearly isn't. And that movie also suggests that she could quit her job and get a TV job on camera with zero experience. Two different people in this movie <laughs> get on camera TV jobs with no experience it runs in the family baby (laughs) (laughs) i was like i refuse to believe that and it isn't it's heavily insinuated in the scene that the reason she gets hired is because that guy wants to sleep with her so like yes you want me to think that she's unattractive and undesirable but also that she can she it's yeah it's it's actually worse than that because she like quits her job first of all instead of confronting and addressing the sexual harassment that happened at work she, quits she her should job. have owned that publisher at the end yes. of that like yes. the vignette of scenes yeah now granted hey i'm not i'm not gonna blame the victim i'm not gonna be like hey you know if you don't say something what i i understand that's a difficult situation oh yeah but the but this is a movie and the movie is like she left that cheer for her she is powerful and then we get a montage of her being like i better hit the gym twice as much and also record my weight more often and then i'm gonna go get a job where they literally sexually harass me during the interview and i'm like (laughs) hooray i am now empowered because a different man thinks i'm fuckable fuck this whole movie because a different man thinks i am fuckable but that i mean that is that is like what what it is that is what happened on the screen yes Mm -hmm. i agree with everything you said but (laughs) i have that same reindeer sweater and i felt very personally attacked and that was my main oh i liked the reindeer sweater i did think it was insane that she was like oh never mind because like in that scene she's like oh maybe my mom actually pulled someone interesting for me to like talk to and someone who's sort of attractive and he turns around wearing an ugly christmas sweater which is definitely a thing in the States. I assume it is in the UK, too. Oh, you're talking about the girl 
who wore her costume to the wrong party. Like, fuck her. That's what I got to say about that. <laughs> well, because they didn't tell her. <laughs> that they is didn't not tell her. her but what was yeah. more funny to me, it was seeing the other people that didn't get told. Uh, that was my favorite part of that party. My favorite part of that party scene was her mother being like, oh, don't worry, she didn't get the note either, pointing to the lady next to <laughs> she's her. She's just wearing a and low And she's like, top. no, I did get the note. I did get the note. My tits are just fabulous, hag. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's what she should have said. They're real and they're spectacular. Hey, it doesn't matter if they're real or purchased. Either way, they're mine. Agreed. And you can shove it. Yeah. <laughs> I really like older British people talking. I wish like I had a parent like that. I, um, That was one of my favorite parts. I'm not in like a good critical mood today. But I am in a silly There's mood. There's too much talking. I liked the old British people talking. Yeah, they're just I know, so right? sweet. That is his back-to-back takes on this movie. There's too much talking by British people, but I loved it. Old British people. <laughs> Bridget Jones literally doesn't stop talking the whole like the whole runtime. Oh yeah, it's when the the movie ends, you're like, oh, merciful silence. Colin Firth <laughs> says 17 words throughout the film <laughs> in the entire film. Yeah, and I I know some relationships like that, but I was like. His only two lines is like, I uh, also have feelings for you. Uh, I don't want you to change. And then instead of him saying more stuff, she and her friends just repeat what he said that one time over and over again. Yeah. By the way, they make him a fucking hero for saying, I like you as is. That's it. Oh, yeah. I honestly did not know if he was like into her romantically or was just like being nice to someone who was like taking an L, you know? Because that's the bare fucking minimum. Yeah. 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 I say that to people even if I don't mean it. I mean, like that is a bare minimum. Yes. This is why I get into weird situations. Because it's like people think that's like, look at this guy. Just look at him. And I'm like, you're a nice person who you are. I wouldn't worry about beating yourself up too much. Give yourself some grace. And you're like, that fucking guy's a revolutionary. I literally <laughs> said this to someone last night at one in the morning, <laughs> like at a comedy club where he was like, I don't know. I just I felt nervous and like I didn't want to be creepy or, or I was I was like the fact that you're thinking about being that like whether or not you're being creepy and trying to be conscious of that is means you're probably doing OK. And also <sighs> you've never creeped me out. We're cool. You're friends. I like you the way you are. And he was like, I cherish our friendship. I was like, I cherish our friendship, too. High five. It was great. Bare minimum. And then, But the bare minimum <laughs> gets them bare naked. You know what I'm saying? They barely speak. And he is also engaged to another woman. And we never find out anything about that everyone in this movie cheats on everyone all the time yeah. everyone in every richard curtis movie cheats on everyone all the time and i don't understand what his thing is about that is that a british thing like is that just i like, don't think so i don't know i don't think so i mean like henry the eighth maybe but like i mean like british movies <laughs> i don't mean guy, like british people one time <laughs> for eight times or whatever but like it was one it was probably way more than that actually it's a good thing he didn't get to wife number 10 because that's the one set in space right yeah that's the one set in space but it's also the last punch on the wife punch card where you get a free one Ooh! and back then they were expensive because of dowries yeah. and stuff dowries and shit Todd, okay this is gonna sound super sexist and not okay and i'm just gonna go for it don't worry mikey i'll edit it to make it sound great <laughs> wink Wait. This movie sounds like when your girlfriend gets super anxious and has to call you and talk to you for 45 minutes, but like as a feature film. Because society has made her feel less than <laughs> and caused an anxious spirit within her to try and corporatize her actions and sell things to her. Yeah, 
Sure, that is what this is like, though. A, a lot. It's 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 like an inter. It's an interior monologue of the '90s when they were like, "Yeah, 138 is so fucking fat," and you're just like, "This is disordered eating." The film. I <laughs> like, feel this like is this terrible. film like solidified the feeling I have when a friend that I know is gonna want to talk to me about something really serious, but also like super draining for two hours that I don't really want to talk about. And then like, I can't wait to meet you for coffee in 30 minutes. You're like, cause I've got so much to go over about my parents and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, <sighs> yeah, I, I hate when like my friends are like, do you guys want to like talk about, you know, insidious nine or whatever for two hours? And I'm like, Fuck. <laughs> you know, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. But did you see the thigh gap on insidious? Like, <laughs> you know what? Patrick Wilson could put me right in that thigh gap. What's up? Watrick Pilsen, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I didn't love this movie. Like, I don't know. If you look at it as like, okay, the other movies that are out at the time, it's a fine movie. It holds up very poorly. Like a lot of movies at the time hold up very poorly. But I, th- I sort of think Notting Hill is an outlier because it came from this time period, but it's like yes. still way better than this today. Oh, world's better. Yeah, yes. This movie doesn't hold up. And I think in today's sensibilities is a little hard to watch. Oh, very much so. Uh, so this movie has two sequels, too, which is I like, know it hurts my soul. But I mean, like, okay, so the, yes, it's fat phobic across the way. But I also think Bridget's friends are not great. Her, her friends are fucking terrible. Like, <laughs> and, and like people like really put this movie up on like a pedestal of like, I want to be that. You, you know, like that's what I felt like the cultural zeitgeist was with this film. It was. And I worry that it was because people identify with Bridget, which I do understand. I understand people feeling like, yeah, everybody has insecurities and, anxious, yes. and yes. anxieties. And I get that. Yeah, I get that part of it, too. Yeah. But my problem with this movie is that at no point does Bridget within herself combat those insecurities and be like, I'm great because I'm me. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I love me. There are cool things about me. We don't know much about Bridget at all because Bridget's a two-dimensional character. Yeah. And that they then shame the entire film. And the only time she ever gets to feel good about herself at all on the screen is when someone else validates her. Is validating her her existence. Exactly. I yes. hate it so Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, fuck this movie and watch uh, Michelle Bateau's new show instead. What is it on called? On Netflix. Survival of the Thickest. Okay. Michelle Bateau is hilarious. She was in oh, one of yeah. our best movies we've ever done. She's in that Hallmark movie I was in. Oh, is she really? <laughs> oh, you mean Mikey's co-star, Michelle Bateau? <laughs> Michelle Bateau. I was thinking of uh, uh, Always Be My Maybe, where she's the the best friend. Like, her, her new show on Netflix is the opposite of what this is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's also been made very recently as comparatively sure. to like 20-some years ago, 23 years ago at this point. Yeah. I'm still going to say I don't care if it was 20 years ago. There's no excuse for not treating your main character like... Like a full ass person. Like No, I, I agree. Like you're not gonna find any argument out of anyone on this podcast about that. We oh, the only thing we things we know about Bridget, total, her weight, because she constantly updates us and views it as a personal and moral failing throughout the film. Which means that if you saw this movie then or even today or whatever, and you're above that weight, holy shit, does this movie feel terrible? Like, spoiler. I don't think I've been 138 since I was a child. 
right? So like her worst, like her rock bottom weight, which is depending on your body type and what your body type does, a perfectly acceptable weight that she rants about for this entire movie is on the low end. Like, what the fuck? It is so fucked up. It is trash to your self-esteem. Throw this movie in the fucking garbage for that alone. Secondly, the only other thing we know about her, she is bad at her job, by the way. Every job she has, she's bad. She doesn't have good attention to detail. She's not usually paying attention. That's all we know about her. We don't get anything where she's good at anything. Then she writes in her diary. Cool. That's the only other thing we know. And she likes wine and food. That is the total that we know of our main fucking character. This movie's a fucking crime against women. <laughs> like, it is horrific in ways that people would not dare to make movies like today. And I am happy that we have come so far because this is embarrassing and it's also why i hate this movie with a fiery passion she deserves better i just hate in the sequels when they fat shamed bridget jones's baby <laughs> i'm That's sure they the will third movie it's called i i've, I've not seen it i don't know if they fat shamed the baby but like i've seen them all the name. Oh, i never you? remember what they're about oh and her only validation in life is to be with someone in a relationship i feel that she has no other goals outside that <laughs> uh-huh. other than being thinner Let, let's say you accomplished your other goals though and then like you're that's different you still had other goals and you have things that you want to do in you life you had them and then like you accomplished them and then like you haven't accomplished your relationship goals and then it makes them feel out of sync with the rest of the goals i don't know i'm just spitting off the cuff here sure this is something that like he doesn't stay up at night thinking about but yeah, yeah, yeah. He, but here's <laughs> think about bridge for a second the only things that she aspires to are to reduce the footsteps and the space she takes up in the world because she thinks it will make people like her better that is so sad that's so sad and the movie never affords her a chance to break out of that we never see her get good at something or learn to love something just for her or to do anything outside of killing herself to make other people happy fuck all of that nonsense. Yeah. Fuck it. Can't wait to yell about the sequels. It'll be great. <laughs> anyway, thus ends my dissertation. Now I'm going to pound this energy drink. Fuck, I'm so glad I did not pick Shallow Hal. Do you guys want to go through That's this the only movie, movie I'm going to yell scene? about more. Yes. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. It all began on New Year's on her 32nd birthday when she is about to go to her mother's turkey curry party and she literally is just listing out her faults. Yeah. Just constantly to herself. You know, like you do. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, you know, like, it, it, here's the thing. It, you have to be in your corner. You can't say bad shit to yourself. It's You just can't. Yeah. You have to stop. Like, if you're doing it now, fucking stop. You're your own worst enemy at that point. Stop saying bad shit to yourself. Bridget, just stop it. Anyway, she gets to this party, which seems like a wild party because people are both pretty much all coupled up, except for her mom trying to partner her up with who we will find out is Colin Firth. Yes. But also wild fucking racist throughout this entire movie. Oh, her mom who like casually mentions that she doesn't want to look like she just walked out of Auschwitz and keeps calling his Japanese wife a cruel. cruel race or whatever. A cruel yeah. race. It's terrible. Not only her mom, every other person that mentions his Japanese wife in this movie 
over and over and over again. And 20 years ago, that wasn't fucking okay. I think Hugh Grant talks pretty kindly about her. Everybody else doesn't, though. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Grant talks kindly about her, but no one else does. But because he slept with her. I mean, like, yeah, Hugh Grant is a terrible dude. Yeah, I kind of oh, yeah. related to him the most. I know you did, Mikey, because <laughs> the second she's like, I love you, you'd be like, uh, I got to get back to the city. Ooh. Mikey, <laughs> up until we find out he's been cheating on her, I have no beef. Other Same. than the fact that he is sexually... Well, he is. Yeah. Entering into a problematic sexual relationship in the workplace. That's not great. Right. But as far as That's, like uh -huh, the way he mm -hmm. has treated her until we find <laughs> out it is different. I don't have a problem. He is communicating with her, but then we find out it's lies. But if it hadn't been lies, it'd be fine. Well, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but did they ever define the relationship? They did not. No. They did not, Mikey. You are correct. So I don't even know if he was technically cheating. She just made a bunch of assumptions and no one really clearly communicated. Correct. Just like the I love you conversation, but for every other aspect, because... It is a technicality, and you can win with them. Mikey got out with the technicality. <laughs> now, no, Mikey, I, I had the same thoughts through the movie. Now, here's the thing. Do I think if he was that serious about the other woman, that's something he has to communicate? Yes. Like, they're getting engaged, and he didn't. That's not great, because that's more than a technicality. Unless she, like, moved to New York, they had broken up. And they and had then, like, an, a, and, a, an arrangement or something, then, but we don't know. We don't see But then she moved the back. But, like, you you lose a lot of context, and I'm not defending him, right? I've just been like, I think part of this film, or what it should be trying to say, is that, like, she didn't like herself enough or was assertive enough to have those kind of boundary-setting conversations with the person she has feelings for. She was willing to beat herself up about her weight, change everything she could, do everything she wanted to impress him. But when it came time to like, well, do you love me? I'm not going to answer that. Or, you know, are you are we exclusive? To or, sort of like, advocate for her needs and desires in a relationship. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I would accept that reading of the film if the film did anything to correct oh, it. Oh, yeah. I think Mikey oh, I is know. saying that's what no. it should have been doing. That's but what not it should what have it been. Was yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. Because she should have learned a huge lesson from that situation. Yes. And her friends should have been like, girl, you got to stand up for yourself. And if yeah. you fuck a guy, you need to ask them, don't fuck anybody else. Or are you, well, if, that's if you, what want, you want, want to, then not everybody cares. This is, but yeah. These, yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. a closed avenue for you if we're not in a, in a relationship or heading towards, like committed or heading that way. And like, she just doesn't have these conversations and then treats him like a villain when really we don't have the context for that and she and like she does the same thing with the next guy i do think the 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 little bit of context we have he's not the hero like no i think she over villainizes him but he's not a good guy especially from what we see later and what we find out later yeah, he yeah, is yeah. a like, villain he slept with colin firth's wife like yeah he's, he's a not a great dude, dude. yeah I, I do understand the nuance to what you're talking about with his and bridget's relationship but yes out of that if he if that had never happened he's still not a great dude because of the whole colin firth and his life. Well, and and here here's what I will say because we haven't even gotten to this. We just derailed right. immediately. Yeah, <laughs> me like we always do. Because he literally leaves and she comes back. She finds them right. Yes. Which I understand being upset because yeah. that's your expectations were different, whatever. But then the next day he's fucking engaged to her. That is that's nuts. fucked up. Yeah. That's yeah, nuts. I don't because think that he's means a good that guy. was a huge existing relationship yes. that he did not tell her about. It, it that's means that up. she was more than likely. The other woman Laura Laura is not the other woman 
Right. And Bridget needs to go find her nacho. That's what I'm because saying. Because we never see these conversations. And it never, I don't, I never read the book. I'm not going to read the book. And fuck everybody who wants me to read the book. But like, <laughs> it could have been very easily, he loved this woman. She transferred to New York. They're broken up, but maybe still talk. He is having relations. I think you're giving him a lot of yeah. leeway. <laughs> Mikey, I think you're like really trying to like advocate for Hugh Grant. This no. known adulterer is, in this, this movie. Is how this is coming off. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should casually retreat from this position. Uh, no, no. I'm going to go further in. I hate this take for the following nine reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, Mikey, Mikey, Mikey. Until we find out about the other woman, I was okay. Yeah, same. But he could be using her for easy sex to feel better about this woman who moved away. Yes. She's like, I'm, I've taken another job back. I'm moving back. I want to get back together. He's like, I, and he never communicates that. She never asks what's going on in his life. I'm not saying he's a good guy. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying there are circumstances where someone could come back in your life and you immediately want to get with them. Then you have to communicate that. And if you don't. He may have thought they were just fucking at that point. She had said, I love you the day before. He knows that she is more invested than that. And if they don't say it back, you have to stand up for yourself and get the fuck out of there. I guess, but she's on a vacation with him in a hotel. Yeah, she's like trapped, sort of, because he drove. I mean, he leaves her there. He leaves her there. He has, yeah, with no car. Exactly. He has all the knowledge of the situation. He knows there's a girl in New York. He knows this is happening. He knows that people are back in town. And he tells her nothing. Yeah. That's what makes him the villain. Now, also, the office relationship, not great. He's in a position of power. There is a power dynamic issue issue there. Uh, Like, even if they weren't co-workers, the fact that he had all that information, told her none of it, and then was just like, I don't know why you're mad, is insane. He is a villain at that point. Yeah. Completely agree. But girls, if you get an inkling that they're not into you, you really got to dig into that because guys will manipulate the shit out of you. Yeah, or that you're just interested in different things. And, other, and women will do the same thing. You've yeah, got to, exactly. You have to communicate crystal clearly, which is like the theme of all of these movies. I don't disagree. I, I think in my life that is what I have chosen to do and it has worked out well. But I also would say that in some ways that is putting the pressure and the onus on the person who has the least amount of knowledge of what's going on in the relationship. The victim, to be honest, he he knows what's going on. She doesn't. She's like, I don't know if yeah. he's into me or not. So do I fight for him or not? And I'm like, well, this this is a person who's being deceived. Even if they fight, they are at a disadvantage. We can't put this all on them. I don't think you should fight. I think you should be like, are you in this or not? I want this to turn into a relationship. If they say no, you get, you need to get out of there. No, I mean like fight for the relationship. That's what I mean. Like this is a, she doesn't even know what questions to ask. I she th- is yes, at a disadvantage. I think you're 100% right. I think many people get in these situations because people who feel bad or lonely will yeah. intentionally or unintentionally use you. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, this person has really strong feelings for me. I never intended it to get like that. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Then you have to tell people. Uh-huh. That's on you. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, now, I do think that this movie portrays Bridget in her two-dimensionality as a person who will take anything, which is gross. Like, she deserves so much more than that. Like, make her a full person and not just someone who is at the whims of every male character around her. Yeah, you're going to tell me that this woman who works at a publishing company's diary is three sentences an entry. She's not very good at her job, Mikey. She's not. (laughs) She's not. Every job we see her work, she is not good at it. The movie really does her a disservice. (laughs) 
I don't think the movie likes Bridget at all. I think it's sort of I don't think the movie her. likes Bridget, and I don't think the movie wants us to like Bridget because no. I think the movie wants us to get on board with Bridget's self-improvement, air quotes, because it won't allow us to just meet her where she is. The thing is, like, all that self-improvement bullshit we see in this movie None of it is like the shit that actually matters. Like she, the yes. self improvement I would want to see is like her going to therapy and addressing why she feels like she has to get validation from the people around her and not just like yes. love her for herself. Like yes. yes, but we don't see that. We see her like hitting the gym late at night or whatever. Again, coming from a very strictly male perspective, straight yes. cis male yes. perspective. This movie is very much like. Every girl's insecurity, but like reinforced of like it's real. This movie shows it's yeah. real and everything like like it does not feel good in that way. Yeah, because like we've all had conversations with our partner, and I'm I can be insecure about a lot too. Same, but it feels like someone took a conversation they had with their partner about their insecurities and was like it's all real. Here's the movie about it. Here's the book about it. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm good at my job. I don't feel like I'm pretty enough. Mm-hmm. I don't feel I feel like I'm too I feel like I'm fat. I feel like you know, and like all these things are not true. When especially when a partner talks to you about them and you're like, no, I think you're very attractive. I love you. You know, like you know, like you know, I don't care about that. You're great at your job. I think you're really smart. I'm here for you. And then this movie just reverses a conversation like that and makes a movie about the like if you did the opposite. Well, it's because that's what society was like at the time. And still, there's still a lot of that in there. Like there's still it's, a lot of it. I would say it is better, but it's still very reinforced into women that like how they look is like their value, and that's super fucked. I mean, hey, as someone who was a teenager when this movie came out and definitely weighed considerably more than Bridget did, this shit fucking hurts. I'm sure. Like, it is mm-hmm. damaging to an entire generation of women. Well, now it's been out 20 years. It's now infecting yep. other generations of women. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. like Angus. Angus. I prefer Angus. Was wonderful compared Angus to this. Angus has a better message <laughs> compared to this. And Angus is an older movie. Yeah. But Angus is also, it is more coming of age yeah. from a male perspective. So, yeah, like, yeah. It, it's, I don't know. We got a lot of great white cis male perspective movies in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much it. That came out of the 80s and 90s. Well, yeah. I think Angus was more progressive than most of what you're talking about. But yeah, that's, that's fair. fair. But like this is like I love Can't Hardly Wait, but that's such like a his perspective movie that it's like toxic. Yeah. Well, the, this movie and we'll we'll get to it in a second because this is also from a male perspective. Yeah. Like because as so as she goes through this family party that she at she's at her creepy uncle gropes her. No one stops him. No one says shit to him. He gropes her every scene they're in together. One time somebody slaps his hand. Yes. I was very happy where she said he's uncle in name only. That doesn't help me. I wasn't me. happy. It's, still, that... it's an old family friend who's groping her. It's bad every way you slice it. Yeah, it is. But also worse if it was her real uncle. Yeah, that is true. Also worse if it was incest. But like, <laughs> okay, yeah, it's, okay. it's, ju- it's still terrible. It's still assault technically. Yeah, it's still assault. And every single person we talk to at this party is just like, why aren't you married? Career girls can't put it off forever. You'll never have babies. Where it's like, is that the only place where you derive worth? Like, what? It's fucked up. This does sort of feel like a conservative propaganda film today. 
it well, I is. Mean, she is a spinster. 32 and unmarried? Gross. Yeah. She's 32. I'm sorry, 32. What is she, a child bride? Come oh on. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, and there's there are sections in this movie that talk about, like, the erosion of traditional male values. And yes. I was like, oh, this is a conservative think piece. Yeah. Fuck this movie. Yeah. I wonder if Richard Curtis is a Tory. I have no idea. I do know that he's fat shamed women in every movie we've watched. Uh, uh, well, and I'm sure we'll continue to do so. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like his kink. Yeah. There's a lot of things in this that I'm like, what? Like, why are, is there always a car chase in the third act? And like, yeah. why are there always shitty, quirky friends and one of them's a pop star? And like, how did they both get TV jobs? Anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, so he, her mom is going to. Maybe he just like wrote one movie that kind of made it. And he's like, I and just control really F character have names. anything else. Well, this is based here. on a book. This is based on a book. So like, so he didn't write the book. So there's that. Her diary is written like diary of a wimpy kid with like illustrations and small <laughs> sentences. Anyway, her mom is going to set her up with. And this is one of those pieces where she's like, it's a, he's a human rights barrister. Ugh. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, that sounds awesome. Like, I don't. Yeah. She's maybe not like a great person. <laughs> no. Her her mom, her is, mom is not a great person. In this her movie. mom is, is a low level villain. And leaves film. her dad for. Um, a crazy jewelry man. I and we will talk him. about it when we get there. <laughs> I, there is, But it is in like an abusive relationship yes. with a guy from QVC. Yes. Like what? That man delivers a line in a way I had to rewind. I am not joking. Four times. Was it when he was talking about when he's describing the earrings? No, it was. It's like a quick cutaway. And like it goes from Bridget talking to her mom and it cuts over to him. Yes. And uh, he says something like, watch my hands, you cunt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's crazy. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I had to rewind it so like many times. He looks like the king of the Oompa Loompas. This is amazing. I mean, he is effeminate British Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. That word is more casual there, right? It that depends word. on tone. And in that tone, I would say not casual. It's hard for me to see as an American that any tone on that is good. I save that word for when I'm very angry. It is one of my favorite words. That's not one of your sexy time words that you save just for that, like the P word? See, I actually, I enjoy that word in sexy times personally. The P word or the C word? I'll take either one. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm like, hey, girl, I want to see you Saturday and punt that cunt. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Please don't kick my genitals. She shows up to Mikey's backyard and he's wearing full football gear. Football cleats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's like, I think I misunderstood that text. Anyway, she talks to Colin Firth and she's just like, ew, reindeer sweater. She's also... A few sheets to the wind in this scene. If you wanted to in this movie be like, hey, uh, I think Bridget might need to visit a 12-step meeting or two, I I wouldn't argue with you. I would see that. My perspective, if I'm at a Christmas party with my happy Christmas sweater that my mom gave me, which I love because it had reindeer on it. Of course. And someone was like, He's got an ugly Christmas sweater on. I'd be like, you need to fucking die. Like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> no, a merry fucking deathless to you. Yeah, you gonna throw some drunk shade at my Christmas sweater? Because I guarantee you, I will also be three sheets, but in a merry fucking Christmas mood. Yeah. And like, I would be like, I never want to see that girl for the rest of my life. Well, the reason he doesn't get mad when he sees her diary and like goes out to get her a new one is because... He knows, like, he was writing all kinds of mad shit about her in his diary. <laughs> like, didn't like my fucking reindeer sweater. My mom got me that sweater. This, this, this reindeer, a hater. 
it's it's Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, and I guess not Vixen because yeah, like it's, yeah, I liked the sweater. Well, what he didn't say is he got her. He went out to get her a college line notebook because of the like the big sentences and like the two inches <laughs> per page. And I got you this novelty giant pencil. Yeah, his wife left you because you're too clever. You're stupid, and your clever wife left you. And I'm like, okay, that's not even a burn. That's like a weird thing to even write down. Was she a raptor? I don't know. <laughs> she was a clever girl clever girl but she is kind of mean to him about the sweater now granted she is drunk and i probably would have been like oh it's a christmas party she's probably drunk but he basically is like why would you try to set me up with her she's a spinster who drinks like a fish smokes like a chimney and dresses like her mother which her mother did dress her for that day which is exactly what i would say if you made fun of my christmas sweater he says (laughs) it with an earshot of her yeah and then she literally like overhears it is like, well, I'm going to die fat, fat and alone. And I'm just like, first of all, you're a 10 at best, like size. You can shop at any store in the mall. Go fuck yourself. I mean, she's also a 10. Like yeah. she is not. She's barely a normal sized woman. Like it's yeah. insane. <laughs> like, let's assume yes. that he heard her making fun of his Christmas sweater. And then sure. he says that for her to hear because he's not having it because he, you know, he's here for Christmas time. He's Christmas calling. Yeah, he's not here for these ho, ho, hoes. You know what yes, I'm saying? He's here for <laughs> the spirit. And she's like, oh, the guy I just talked a bunch of mad shit in my mind and out loud just made fun of me. I'm never I'm going to die alone. That's crazy town in general. Like yeah. she acts like he's the worst and then gets super offended about what he says. I don't know. <laughs> Mikey really identified with both of the main male characters in this movie. The man wore. I like those Chris. I have the same sweater. I pretty much have the same. So sw- I have many ugly Christmas sweaters that I love. I like a man who just walks out in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah. I, I do love a dude who's just like, I didn't even tell anybody I was leaving and just like. <laughs> <laughs> Irish goodbyes every situation. Um, so <laughs> as Bridget leaves the party, she does this thing where she's like, next year I won't be the same. Uh, I am at 136 pounds, so I clearly have to lose 20 pounds. And then I'll find a sensible boyfriend and I won't fantasize about this other guy. Now, uh, here's something that I just Googled. And I do want to be clear. I don't believe in the BMI scale because it was invented by Nazis. Google it. Um, and it was only uh, tested on white men, so it doesn't actually account for the wide gamut of how how pe- people's weight is distributed. But I would like to let you know that the weight that she would be at, judging by Renee Zellweger's height, would put her underweight yeah. if she were to lose that weight. And if she was not to lose that weight, she would be well within a normal range, in fact, on the smaller side. And that's on a fucked up scale that I don't even trust. So, like, she is underweight in this movie <laughs> like, and then she says she needs to lose to 20 lose pounds. weight you say 20, yes. she needed she wanted to be 111 pounds she wants to be she starts out at 136 she wants to be 116 116 pounds so in my business we call that body dysmorphia, dysmorphia. and then that leads to an eating, eating disorders, disorders. Like I said, this is disordered eating the film. I have the opposite where I think I'm more attractive than I am. Honestly, if you feel attractive and you're enjoying yourself and you love yourself, perfect at any size, baby. Yeah. I like that. I need to be less attractive. The other men are getting upset about it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Also, Bridget Jones lands two 
hunky by UK standards, dudes oh, yes. in this These movie. These are A-list actors. I okay, know. Yes. Yeah. It's insane to think that she's fat or unattractive. Now, she only lands Hugh Grant for like one specific reason. Well, yeah, until he hits it in the back door and then he, then he bounces. He's like, ow. Then he bounces. Uh, but also, I will say that this movie, if this movie was better and more cognizant of what Bridget's experience would actually be as a heavier woman, they almost touch on this. But Hugh Grant only fucks her in secret. Yeah. They're they're only public for her family thing, but they don't. There's no mention of it at the office. She doesn't meet his friends. None of it. Oh, yeah. It's it's the guy that bangs fat girls and won't let him won't keep the receipts. So like (laughs) you could. Here's the thing. If you actually did this and like cast a plus size woman and actually focused on her learning to love herself and not seek that validation, this could be a good movie if you did anything more than making her a two-dimensional sad, sad character. I mean, that's what that movie would be if it was made today and it was written by, like, Diablo Cody. Yeah, yeah. I'd watch that. Me too. When did their spaceship from Venus come down here and colonize the world? Why did the men from Mars also meet them here? I don't understand. Because you were weak and couldn't organize anything and we had to take charge. Where are the spaceships? Is this Scientology? You're like that meme where it's the guy like doing this <laughs> and there's the butterfly. Hundred percent. Keep this in. I want that meme I'm made. I'm not keeping this in. I can't. You're not gonna keep my Scientology bit in. I'll keep it in. I'll keep it in. Phaetons drive Hondas. I have this on great authority because they all travel in one accord. Man, I like that joke so much. That's both a Bible joke and a Scientology joke. You're welcome. (laughs) It's called repurposing Christian humor for other cult comedy. Love it. (laughs) Do you guys want to get back into the movie? Not Not really, but okay, sure. (laughs) If you could rename this with a different book, what would you name this film? Because I think I would go Bridget Jones Instruction Book. It's definitely more of a self-help manual. What I, what type of book would you make it, Todd? I think it's more like, I don't know, it's it's like about her life and how like she's like having a hard time and like struggling. Through, I think she'd probably just call it My Struggle. <laughs> <laughs> I love that both of you guys got that joke because... Uh, that was a, that was a touchy joke I just made. So thank you oh. both for laughing. I liked his first book, Mind Coffee Table Book. <laughs> Mind Comfy Woman because she's cushiony. <laughs> Mind cushion for the cushion. <laughs> what dictatorship are we going to talk about this week on Romancing the Pod? She's Putin for a content. I I tried to do a punting. <laughs> <laughs> She's Putin for a cunting. <laughs> I don't even know what, what that means. But I'm so glad you said it. I'm so glad we've gotten here where we can laugh at something in this episode because I have so many more screamings. I knew we'd get here. We always do. Have you tried not paying attention to the movie? Like, no, I make the outline. Just fucking zone out. These episodes would be so much shorter if you would do it during the boring parts. Hey, Paige, I know you listen to the dollop, right? So you know sometimes Gareth does the story and they call it like a smallop. Yes. We should do like a smallop where we make Mikey do the outline. But it's like for 
like a uh, like a TV show, like a yeah, 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 Haunting of Hill House kind of thing. Just have me do the live shows because I would definitely cut it down to time. Anyway, so uh, back into back it. to this. I've definitely <laughs> probably had sex with someone just like Bridget Jones, and I just want to apologize to everyone. I mean, I definitely think most adult men have done something similar to what Hugh Grant has done. Like, what of what Hugh Grant did do you think most men have done? Uh, misleading a woman. I think he used a woman for sex. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or going further with someone when you suspected that they were more into it than you. Yeah. For sure. Yes. That's a slippery slope because of all the sexual juices. Yes. Oh, wait. I got a better joke. That's a slippery slope because of all of the melting hearts. That's not a better joke. What are you talking okay, about? Okay, well, fuck it. <laughs> it was was better that with the a joke or was that the end of a like emo poem? <laughs> Is this a joke? <laughs> Mikey, stop doing visual memes on the podcast. There's no butterfly were, were you in your out brain. The, I was going to say, was, yes. are you acting out the butterfly meme? Screenshot it. Screenshot, screenshot it and it, put Mikey. it in the show notes. Why, why can't you support my art? <laughs> Dear diary, today Todd didn't support my art. He's stupid. Blah, blah, blah. That's the only injury for today because I'm a child. <laughs> Here's a painting of an aircraft carrier. Yeah. What? <laughs> Why? I mean, she had well, doodles because, in her diary look, page. Page. Every guy's misled a woman for sex, and every guy thinks an aircraft carrier is cool. And that's like universal law. Hold on. Let me let me test this. So you think every guy thinks aircraft carriers are cool? Yeah. Ask 100%. any man. Ten seconds. Ten seconds. Yeah. AJ, are aircraft carriers cool? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> We heard it, Paige. We heard it. I stand it. corrected. I stand corrected. <laughs> he looks so confused. God damn it. I hope that picks up on the mic because that was I fucking funny. It, just in case it didn't, I, I just opened the door to my office and screamed at my husband who was sitting at the kitchen table minding his own business. And I just said, hey, Jake, are aircraft carriers cool? And he just said, generally, yeah. And then, there you go. Love it. I guess you guys are right. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm going to die fat and alone. <laughs> you should have fucked with my Christmas sweater. <laughs> I, I would never. Mikey, I know you, you know wouldn't. I would fucking never. Let's move on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, she's like, I won't fantasize about. And she makes a whole long list of like men who she thinks are, are bad to date because they treat her badly. And I was like, great. The, step one. Not tolerating when people treat you badly. But then she turns around <laughs> and it's like Hugh Grant. Now, granted, it is Hugh Grant. So I, I get it, man. Yeah, I, if dudes, Hugh Grant started kinky texting me during the day at work. Ooh. He's a pocket full of dreamy, baby. I get at it. That, yeah. At the office, they call him Huge Grant. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I do know what you're saying. What's up? Anyway. <laughs> She fantasizes about her boss because it's you fucking Grant. I'm like, of course. And she's like, I'm pretty sure he doesn't fantasize about me because of, and we cut to their Christmas party where she's doing wild, bad karaoke. Like, Mikey, she might be your match made in heaven. Karaoke match. Are you saying you would say no to Renee Zellweger, Mikey? I would definitely smash. Yeah. But if she told me she loved me, I would leave to buy her a new diary. Because <laughs> Mikey's staying for the long term, you know what I'm saying? No. Oh, you know, my dad went out for a new diary when I was 15. <laughs> he okay, never came back. Then I think you misunderstood the end of this movie. She chased him. Yeah, she did chase him. He. We don't know if he was actually coming back. Yeah. 
He we bought well, her a diary. We, we, we do find out eventually. He was definitely coming back. It's Colin Firth. He can't do better. <laughs> so sorry. That's so mean. <gasps> anyway, she thinks like, oh, the karaoke thing. He doesn't like me. And also I'm fat and I hate myself. Which is a refrain in pretty much every scene of this movie. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you find yourself constantly saying I'm fat and I hate myself and I'm going to die alone, try instead whenever that urge strikes to just list something that you like about yourself. Uh, I can beat up a child. <laughs> what? Oh man, this is a real like that about Doesn't yourself? it make you feel <laughs> a li- at least a little bit better? Doesn't it make you feel right? powerful to know that you could punch a child, Mikey? I'm serious though. <laughs> the more nice things you say about yourself, the better you will feel. Yeah, that's absolutely true. In yeah. therapy, you do a lot of like, what would you say if your friend told you that? And you'd exactly. be like, I would tell them never to talk to themselves like that. And I'm like, then why do we do it to ourselves? Exactly. And that's because we're more honest with yourself. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so she's saying bad things about herself. Yes. Uh, but then she's like, oh, wait, maybe he's looking at me. Maybe he does like me. And then it turns out he's looking at the guy behind her who's just like, hello, Brenda. And she's like, ah, tits pervert. And I was like, how many pervs are in this office? All I mean, of them. this is like a yeah, it's like a madman amount of pervs, yes. and this is the nineties. Yeah, it's technically the two thousands. It was two thousand one. Page, never forget. <laughs> so he's not looking at her, and she again is just like, Ugh, he doesn't know who I am or what I do. Like this is ridiculous. Why won't my boss sexually harass me? John <laughs> 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 Draper, please. <laughs> yeah, like. Mm. Anyway, her friend calls her at work and it's moaning Myrtle again crying in a toilet like typecast. Well, and her dad is Professor Slughorn. Like there's a lot of Harry Potter alum in this. Jim Broadbent. Well, there's only 30 British actors. They just had to use them, you know? Very small island. (laughs) They're all sharing one set of teeth. It's crazy. Oh, (laughs) God. That's not true. They have nicer teeth than us these days. Universal health care. Anyway. Big government. (laughs) Yeah. Big government wants you to chew stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. A free pacemaker. I'd rather die. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks, middle America. (laughs) I love this freedom to pay for insurance I can't afford to use. Thanks. Thanks. Anyway, her boss overhears it. Hugh Grant overhears it. And she's just like, oh, shit. Uh, No, yeah. uh, Thank you, Professor Leavers. And he's like, what? That dude died in 1978. And she's just like, oh, no. I'm bad at my job. Fuck me. I'm bad. (laughs) (laughs) I hope the people who love this movie go back and watch it before they listen to this episode. God, I hope so. I probably won't, though. I'm going to get a million DMs trying to tell me how my fat liberation is keeping them down. Sorry. That was real mean, but it is going to happen. Yeah, Um, it is. Sorry. Fuck. Anyway, so... We cut to her talking to her horrible friends about being stressed out about what happened at work. About her being sexually harassed at work. <laughs> no, no, no. This is before she got sexually oh, harassed. Right, this is right, just the right. phone call. Uh, but she's just <laughs> like, well, I would probably fire you. And then her other friend's just like, you should just blow him. And the one <sighs> thing I do love in this scene is he's putting a, a, a new phone case on a Nokia brick. And I was just like, oh, take I me remember back. that. Yeah. And. It turns out that her friend is an 80s pop icon who had one hit and then just coasted on it forever. Which, have both of you watched the Wham! documentary? Not yet. Not no, yet. But I we did music to. and lyrics, which is loosely based on the other guy from Wham! So I feel like I have seen it. 
Anyway, so one of her friends, her 80s uh, pop star friend is like, blow somebody. But she comes home drunk and then comes into the office the next day in the same clothes, implying that like she overslept, woke up and then just ran to the office. Well, because her co-worker says good afternoon, Bridget. Good afternoon, yeah. Bridget. Uh, and she's wearing like her going out clothes. Yeah. Um, so her skirt is a little shorter than normal. It's still well within the realm of appropriate, I would say. Oh, she yeah. just looks normal. But I mean, like, her boss kind of should be concerned, though. Like that, you know. If she's coming in in the afternoon and hasn't told anybody why. Yeah, oh, she's yeah, a full yeah, five hours late to work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing that you'll note in this scene and a couple other scenes here, they're padding her bra multiple cup sizes. And then in the outfits where they can't get away with it, they just don't. So the padding on her body fluctuates. So they like the, even this movie is like, she is too thin to be portraying what we are portraying as fat. We must pad her. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. That is crazy. But this is one of those scenes where she turns a corner and I'm just like, hey oh, what? <laughs> you didn't have those <laughs> earlier in this film. And then she doesn't have them in the next scene either. But she gets... It's an email. Modern day it would be slack. It would be, yeah. From her boss that says, you you appear to have forgotten your skirt. And is your skirt off sick? And she's like, no, and I'm appalled at your message. Wink, basically. Yeah. No emojis, but she would have been using hella emojis. Oh, yeah. She'd have been like, uh, you know, eggplant, eggplant squirt emoji. Eggplant, sweat, yeah, sweat, yeah, 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 yeah. squirt pear gun. Pear shape, pear mm -hmm. shape. Poop. What? Poop. If you want to get real freaky with it. Dinosaur, Argentina flag. I don't know. I'm not good at emojis. <laughs> Nonsense. I think you're killing it. That's what Hitler sent at the end of World War II. It was like, <laughs> Germany flag, poop emoji, Argentina thumbs up, out. And everyone was like, mm, clever girl. That's basically VE day. You got it from here, us, folks. Yeah, you got it from us here, folks. So... This flirtation seems to be, I will say, consensual and participated in by both, but he is in a position of power. Oh, yeah. She could definitely sue this company as opposed to oh, quitting. Hondo. That's not too bad, right? It's bad. Uh, wait, how much power is too much? Any, any power any, is any too power. much. So like if you if you were someone's boss or your boss was trying to sleep with you or whatever, like that would be bad and could yeah. open you up to legal risk. What about first base? Any sort of romantic interaction. Yeah. Yeah. What about just letters like the 1700s? Like dearest direct report. I thought about <laughs> you today. <laughs> dearest direct when... <laughs> report. When you slacked me, Giffy slash Auga, <laughs> and it was that that Tex Avery wolf with the eyes. I knew it was love. P.S. Your PTO request is denied. <laughs> <laughs> Penis time. <laughs> with all my love, bossy, bossy, boss. <laughs> Goddamn bossy, bossy, boss. It's really riding me hard. We're moving to flexible time off. I want to try some new positions. Oh, God. Anyway, she comes into work the next day in a see-through shirt, and all of that bra padding is gone. Yeah gone immediately gone but they continue to flirt right and then he gets in the elevator with her 
Because oh, we get yeah. like a montage. He boldly goes. He just grabs her ass. Okay, so I have grabbed a woman's ass in an elevator consensually. Is it someone? Yeah, okay. Well, so implied consent. Like I didn't ask her in front of everyone else, can I grab your ass? But you're supposed to, and you're supposed to get it notarized in triplicate. <laughs> Was it the first time you would touch said ass? Yes. Oh, Mikey, that's super iffy territory. Describe a- everything that led up to it. Were, were other people in the elevator? 100%. Oh, no, that Jesus. is iffy territory. Okay. Let's see how deep we can dig this hole. So, Mikey, can let's you go, uh, let's go. describe what happened? Your Honor, uh, may I treat the witnesses <laughs> hostile, Your Honor? In my younger days, I was on a little app you may have heard of called Tinder. Yes. And one time I matched with the cute young person because I was also young. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Hey, I'm in town for the weekend. Do you want to come touch my butt randomly in an elevator? Okay, okay. Do you want to meet up and have drinks? And I said, okay. And I went to Broadway and had drinks. And she took me back to her hotel room and I grabbed her butt on the elevator on the way up. Okay, I'd I'd say that's fair game. Were you going back to her uh, hotel room for like consensual fun adult times? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd call that on sides. Yeah. And... She may have been a pro at this because she was like, I'm going to order. Did you pay her? No. Oh, not that kind of pro? Okay, wait, wait. Let me, let me rephrase yeah, that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. She's doing it for the love of the game. She loves the sport. It's like, if mm-hmm, you build mm-hmm. it, he will come. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we get in the hotel room. Oh, this is a slutty story. Okay, so we get in this hotel room, and she's like, here's what I'm going to do. And she, like, gets on the phone, and she's like, I want two cheesecakes sent up to this room. She orders what? room service. And then she's like- Cheesecakes? I think we got 20 minutes. I think we can knock out a round. And I was like, I should have married I this. I like Look this girl. Why didn't you marry I, she, her? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I ordered cheesecake, and whether you're here when it gets here or not, there's two slices, and we got 20 minutes. Let's go. It was go. like a nice hotel downtown. You know, I was treated like a lady. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like a nice, <laughs> like a nice kept man. Honestly, I like her. It's like one of the only one night stands I've ever had. Like true one night stands I've ever had. It may be the only one. I'm trying to think of anything off the top of my head. But like, if you're gonna do it, do it like that. You know what I mean? Like. She doesn't live here. Oh, yeah. If you're going to do it, do it on her yeah. dime where she's yeah. buying you cheesecake yeah. for sure. You heard it here at the live show. Bring two slices <laughs> of cheesecake and a room key. Well, I'm bigger now. We'll need three, three slices three of cheesecake. Three slices of cheesecake. Mm-hmm. One for you, one for Mikey, and one for his dick. Oh, no. My dick doesn't eat. Thank you. I do, though. <laughs> Give me one. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... Okay, that's a slutty story. That's not a slutty story. That's just two consensual adults enjoying some cheesecake and their bodies. Yeah, it was a liber, and it was like I had never done anything like that before. And I, and it was like it was like when after I lost a bunch of weight. I don't know if this is appropriate for this episode. I lost like seventy five pounds when I was twenty nine. Yeah, or thirty, and like this was. After well, like, I started getting a lot more different attention, and then I, I, st- I had a big vulnerability problem. There was a lot of like mental health issues that I was dealing with, and I made some improvements, and I like was like putting myself out more and being more confident and things like that. Yeah, and uh, this was a fun byproduct of that where I'd never done anything like that before. And like, if you're gonna do it, do it like that. And it was uh, super fun. And I, if you're out there, like, look me up again. You know what I'm saying? Don't say it, but do you remember her name? We didn't even exchange numbers. What? Damn, Mikey. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. What you didn't know is it was her birthday and that's why she was ordering cake, but you didn't even ask. No, what you didn't know is she's been dead for 30 years. (laughs) (laughs) 
every year. Oh, because she was a ghost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I should have. If you are out there, do if you're single, look me up. I'm not sure she was single the night you guys hooked up. She you granted me. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I'm Bridget Jones. <laughs> you do write like a third grader. <laughs> no, I just talk like a third grader. That's fair. I read at a college level. <laughs> it's Arizona State, but it's still a college. <laughs> anyway, the creepy pervy dude is like hey, at this book thing, I want you to introduce me and then I'll introduce the boss. And she's just like, all right. And Hugh Grant is just like, I thought it would be charitable. He uses the word charitable, which I hate, uh, to take your skirt and maybe you out for dinner. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, I mean, he is a bad guy in this movie. Yeah. And then she tells her friends about it and they're all like, you are not good enough. So you have to look gorgeous. You have to get smarter and learn about Chechnya. Oh my God. Yes. This part was so infuriating. I mean, she has yep. the romantic comedy equivalent of a gear up montage mm -hmm. for her to like prepare herself physically, emotionally, and mentally for this like yeah. work dinner party thing she has to go to. Where I am almost 90% certain that they got a butt double for when she puts on Spanx. I mean, maybe. I don't know. It's okay. I got a butt double for my nudes. Hey, I'm uh, I'm Mikey's butt double. <laughs> no, no, no. This is a picture of Bigfoot's butt. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you've seen the photos. <laughs> yeah, well, they're blurry, but, you know, I still believe. Here's what I want to say to y'all, because she eschews small thong panties because she wants to look good in a dress. And hey... I have a currently owned shapewear because sometimes I prefer that's the way a dress looks on me. But I do want to let you guys know that it doesn't make you look so wildly smaller <laughs> that people would be confused <laughs> when you took them off. Like if somebody wants to have sex with you, even when you're in your shapewear, they're expecting you to be the size that you are. So just like be okay with it. Take it. Hugh Grant actually treats it pretty cool later when he discovers the shapewear, but whatever. I wear compression shorts a lot, so I can't complain. Yeah. I've never taken off anyone's shapewear and been like, oh, I'm ending this here. I'm, yeah, I'm out. I've like, never what are you done talking that. about? Yeah. Never. I've always been like, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> like unwrapping. I know. Yeah, like, like I've never shoot. been not into it. You Just know? cut a hole into it and be done. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know if you know, but Spank shorts have holes in them. What up? Just so you know. Oh, so you can pee and stuff. Yeah, so you can pee and stuff. Um, but hey, and stuff. <laughs> Hello, Todd. It's Mikey. Hello, Mikey. It's Todd. <laughs> I need to tell you something. Mikey, it's fine. You'll be a great dad. That's We're going to table that. <laughs> but on that table is a delicious factor meal. Yes! What a transition! Oh my God, guys. This actually is a factor ad. That was amazing, Mikey. Mikey here for factor meal. All from Magic the Pod. Heck yeah. We're going to table it. Delicious, already fresh made meals. Never frozen. It takes two minutes to warm up. Just like Mikey does. I have a busy schedule. I work all day. I have fun too much. I also work at night. I also have too much fun. And I <laughs> have a problem with words. Yeah, words is one. Uh, <laughs> ordering out is another one. Same. I ordered out tonight. Yes. I literally got, let's just say a factor equivalent meal for Natalie and I, and it was like $48 when it could have been way less with factor. 
Yeah, and I, I struggle with proportions. In factor comes pre-proportioned, pre-prepared, chef re- ready. I've used it before. Before they even advertised on the podcast, I used factor meals, especially when I was working a lot during the COVID lockdown. I mean, that was the best time to get on board with factor, except for right now, because <laughs> factor is giving 50% off to all of our listeners. If they go to factormeals.com slash romancing the pod 50 and use code romancing the pod 50 to get 50% off. That's code romancing the pod 50 at factormeals.com slash romancing the pod 50 to get 50% off. That's a good deal. Do it. And they have an easy-to-use app. And they never require me to talk about the app. Mikey, that was the end of the ad. That was the end of the ad. I'm I'm still going. All right, Factor Meals. (laughs) Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Anyway, so she she chooses the shapewear over the thong. You do you. And honestly, that dress looks great on her. It does. Uh, she still don't. She don't look chubby, but like no. the dress looks great. Literally, one of um, Hugh Grant's lines from Love Actually, I think, fits this movie, and that is. Would we call her chubby? Yeah, would we? No. No. Uh, and I wouldn't have called that girl in that movie chubby either. Anyway. She's not. The prime minister of that movie is correct. She's not yeah, chubby. She's not chubby. But anyway, Colin Firth and his law partner that he also seems to maybe be dating, but it's a very confusing relationship, is there. And this is when, yet again, someone describes his ex-wife as cruel raced. I think that was his uh, the mother again. It's Renee Zellweger repeating what her mother said. Okay, okay. But it's not great. <laughs> it's not great. But I honestly had trouble with Colin Firth's relationship to that woman. Because yeah. it seems like she's way more interested in being his fiance than he is in having her as his fiance. Because, like, at the end of the movie, when it's implied that they're engaged, like, it seems like she asked the dad to announce that. I don't know. It just seemed like she was more invested in that relationship than Colin Firth is, clearly. Yeah. Because he's into Our Lady Bridge. Yeah. Anyway, she goes to introduce this new book, which people claim heals the wounds inflicted on traditional masculinity, which I was like, oh, that's a red flag. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) Uh, But also she gets up there and says, the greatest book of our time, which is like the tagline for the book. Yeah. But then she looks out into the audience and there's Salman Rushdie. Yeah. And she's like, obviously, except for your books. And also, Mr. Archer, yours aren't bad either. Definitely the top 30 books of our time. <laughs> I thought that, that was really funny. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I like that part. Yes. I was like, that's the guy that got attacked this year. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, I believe his eye was injured. He lost it. I think so. Yes. Well, that's real sad. Now he wears his glasses with like one side blacked out. And honestly, it looks fucking cool. Who needs depth perception? <laughs> I'm sh- hey, I'm sure the attack was terrible. I'm so sorry that happened, but also looks fucking cool. Slay King. Slay King. So she can't get the mic to work because she didn't turn it on. Uh, she didn't check if there was a button. Whole nine. So She's just the smacking whole thing it. Goes bad. Yeah, it. It doesn't go well. You're right. Anyway, the next the guy she introduces, Fitz Herbert, uh, although she 
struggled and almost called him uh, tits, tits pervert. pervert. Yes. Um, but so he gets up there, introduces Hugh Grant, this whole thing. Uh, she is mortified and embarrassed yeah. and talks to Colin Firth a little bit, but then Hugh Grant like swoops in. And this is our first indicator that Colin Firth and Hugh Grant don't get along. Well, and and know each other. There's like a pre-existing relationship. Right. Yeah. Uh, because Hugh Grant takes her to dinner and is like, oh, how do you know Darcy? And she's just like, oh, I met him. My mom tried to set us up. It was this whole thing. How do you know him? And he's like, oh, he was the best man. I was the best man at his wedding. I knew him at Cambridge. Uh, but I introduced him to my fiance and like they cheated on me and it broke my heart and I could have never forgiven him. And this is the least believable thing to ever exit someone's mouth in this movie. Like the second it happens, I was just like, bullshit, Hugh Grant. Because <laughs> like, no one would cheat on Hugh Grant for Colin Firth. Is that why you say that? No, because I think we've all read Pride and Prejudice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> lifted directly from yeah. it. Yeah, we've definitely all read it. Well, you've at least seen the movie, yes? Mm-hmm. Where Tom Wamsgams is the is the I don't think we've done that one, but no, we've only done Emma. Thank you, Todd. Anyway, uh, they end up going back to his place. They have some fun sex. It's implied that they have sex for a couple days in a row. Yes. And then she, in the midst of a a multi-day over the holidays, because this is still holiday time, a multi-day affair reports that she's down to 131 pounds and have replaced food with sex. Yeah. Great. That seems healthy. It's not healthy. You have to eat, guys. Yeah. So they they have sex for a couple days and she's like, hey, how are we going to handle this in the office? And he's like, this hasn't been like a long term relationship. And I was just like, yes, it's only been two to day, two days, two or three days. I understand where he's coming from. Yeah, this relationship's gone to term. I mean, <laughs> two days. <laughs> how many Postmates quesadillas is that? Zero if you're Mikey or two for me. Yeah, because he won't share. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she meets up with her mom working at a kiosk in the mall or like a department store that is basically a jerk off egg peeler. It, but yes, it is very jerk offy because that you like do the shake weight motion. You pump it. Jerk off egg peeler is my Mega Man villain name. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. I also hate that it squirts white liquid out every time it peels an egg. I was like, what kind of liquid is this? Where is this coming from? Watch out for the yolk. (laughs) (laughs) So gross. Anyway, this is where her mom is like, oh, I'm leaving your father for a crazy man from the television. His skin is orange. And you're just like, what? Clearly mom is having a breakdown. Yeah, well, because essentially he's going to make her his assistant on the shopping network. Yeah. And I'm just like, she does seem the type for the sh- for QVC, for the shopping network. Yeah. yeah, I could see her standing next to Valerie Bertinelli and being like, authentic 24 karat gold. Like, for sure. But I mean, yeah, she's definitely the demographic. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Bridget then goes to see her dad, who's like watching her mom on the home shopping network. And she's moved out of the house. And he's like, by the time I found out of it about it a bunch of our friends had already had them over for dinner yeah which is just cruel like that's so mean (laughs) like to be like oh you haven't even told him yet yeah come to dinner like oh geez it's insane yeah anyway she's like well you know go to the party and flirt with everyone else to make her jealous and i was like what is this the toxic advice brigade it literally is is the worst advice 
Yeah, well, and she's like, that's how I got my man. And and she's like, my boyfriend. He's like, a real one? Because everyone is just like, someone would tolerate you? What? <laughs> like, it's well, crazy. Well, I mean, she's also not great. Oh, no, uh, again. But it has nothing to do with her looks. Right. It's not her looks. It's the fact that she has no defining characteristics outside of hating herself. She's got some, but they're diagnostically relevant did you have an end of that sentence or did you just like trail off? I just said she has characteristics, but they're diagnoses and they're like mostly like not great. Not healthy. Yeah. I do like that we cut to her getting into Hugh Grant's car and he does this thing where he's revving the engine and like snarling as he does it. And I was like, God damn it, Hugh Grant. When is this over again? Oh, I got to tell you this date story from Monday. How many lion roars is this story? Two. What? what? Is this the Bronco story, Mikey? This is the Bronco story. Okay. Did you get down uh, in the Bronco? No, 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 no. But I like, oh. we met for drinks. I've been like trying to go out. I've been trying to put myself out there more. Mm-hmm. And I've been like, you know, I need to like not let my stress ruin relationships and like put myself out there and like only not just not work. And so like I went, had drinks and I liked this girl and she was, you know, very nice and, and very pretty and everything. And then we had a couple drinks and I was like, oh, I'll walk you to your car or whatever. And like we're walking to her car and she's like glances to the left and she's like, what do you think of those new Broncos? And I was like, I love this. That's actually my car. <laughs> <laughs> and then she said, can I get in it? And I was Hell like, yeah. 100%. And then I was like, you ever kissing a Bronco? Yeah! <laughs> and guess Boo! what Mikey did? Yeah. Yes. He kissed the dashboard of his own Bronco. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah no, the like, girl. Ah. Great. But they stayed in the front seat because Mikey's classy. But you got a Bronco. You got all that junk in the trunk. You got room in the back. Guys, I'm not Bridget bones i'm not gonna like <laughs> take it all the way the first night look don't slut shame her that's not a thing we're <laughs> criticizing on this episode mikey had she been like let's do it you'd have done it i want to say no but my body's telling me yes <laughs> <laughs> but anyway i felt really cool because like i i was like okay so having a nice car does matter that's the most superficial thing you could have taken from that interaction sir but i also love that you learned something. <laughs> like, I learned that the seats go all the way back. Wink, wink. I was like, I can take the top off. She's like, can you take me somewhere and look at the stars sometime? I was like, if you can take your top off. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Tops off, pants down. Let's go. Mikey, I used to have a convertible. I know all the lines. This is a great car to ride off on the sunset with. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to this movie. Uh, they go away for the weekend and they go to a hotel where, unfortunately, Colin Firth and his lady are also staying. And they're going to their her Uncle Jeffrey's party. He's the gropey one. Yes. There's like a wedding at the hotel that weekend and there's only four people not attending that wedding that are at that hotel and it's Colin Firth, his fiance, Hugh Grant and Bridget Jones. Also in her like narration about this, she's like, well, a mini break, like a mini vacation means true love. And it's like, no, it doesn't. No, it means I had some points. Yeah. I mean, for all we know and what we find out, like he gets engaged right after this trip. So like. He, she is very much like the other woman, you know. So like, I that's why she never meets his family, his friends, any of that shit. Yeah. Anyway, she's misread all of this. They go on boats, which seems very, very fun and hilarious. They have a good time. Yeah. They have a good time in bed that night. It's implied that. Uh, oh yeah. They use the rear entrance. Yeah. At least once, probably twice. Anyway, but this is where she says, I love you. Do you love me? And he says, shut up or I'll do it again. 
which should have been the like the hell you will <laughs> answer me please exactly but also i think it's a little unhinged to date someone for a few days then maybe another couple weeks to go to a family party and then be like i love you <laughs> it is a bit quick yes yeah i usually wait until like End of the first date. Which guy do you have to tell? All four guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a game of telephone when it gets to her. She's like, "You love ragu." (laughs) (laughs) So she gets up the next day, and he's like, "I got to go back to town for work." And I was like, "Mm "Hmm, sure you do." She even says, "Like, hey, if this isn't what you want, that's fine. Just tell me, you know, like." She gives him an out. She does give him an out. Let's take the whole movie out of it. If I took a girl, let's say after a couple weeks, I'll even be generous. I'll say three. Three weeks. Okay. You go on a weekend, like an overnight trip. Make it longer. Put it it in a month. You know, or whatever. Okay, put it in a month. We go on an overnight trip. Uh, And then we have sex and she's like, I'm in love with you or do you love me? I would be like. I really like you. <laughs> I just came to get some cheesecake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like turtles. <laughs> I like turtles. Where's that kid today? That kid today, Paul Dano. That situation, I, I don't know. I like it. Ugh. I felt bad for her because it's clearly not reciprocated, and it also is like. An awkward like moment. People always try to do it in that moment, though. That that's a. There are situations where that's so appropriate, like you know, like that's fine. Yeah. I think two weeks in is a little quick for I love use. Well, and we're we're not a hundred percent sure how long it has been in the movie. The movie plays fast and loose with time, so maybe it is longer. But it seems like it's a couple weeks later. It, do, it does seem like she does not know his friends, his his parents. Yeah. No one at work knows. So it hasn't been going on long enough to where she's asking questions as to, hey, why have I never met your friends and family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. why I thought it was like two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, he, so he leaves, but he's going to send a car after the party. The party that she's supposed to go to is Tarts and Vickers. So like... Sexy revealing Pop, outfits, but then also religious oh. iconography. Well, yeah, but like all the men are dressed as like priests. And priests, all, yeah. All the women were supposed to show up dressed like sex workers, I guess. Yes, and uh-huh. she she shows up dressed like nineteen sixties Playboy bunny. Yeah, and it looks great on her. It really does. Yeah, um, but she gets there and they've changed the theme of the party, and she's one of only a handful of people still in costume. But this is where her friend of the family slash uncle or whatever literally goes to cop multiple feels yeah until somebody slaps his hand out of the way yeah her dad also didn't get called he's dressed as a vicar as well nobody told him and then i do love that he says at least i didn't spend as much as bernard and we cut over to bernard who's in like a full pope costume it's hilarious so great i did love that really funny yeah yeah so she takes a car home early although at the same party is when it's like hey they didn't tell her either and she's just like no i knew i just have fantastic boobs basically yeah that's her mom talking about the friend who's also like getting punched or whatever yeah 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 so she goes home early uh goes to hugh grant's house and he's like oh hey and it looks like he's just working and she's like i just wanted to see a friendly face but then she hears someone in the apartment and she's like wait is there somebody here and he's like not that i'm aware of 
And she does go and open the bedroom door and doesn't see anybody. And then she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm overreacting. I'm just going to go. I'm going to de-bunny, come over in an hour or whatever. And he's like, okay, cool. And then they walk to the door, and that's when she sees the Laura, we find out. A woman's coat. Yeah, Yeah. we see her coat hanging by the door. And she's like, wait. And then she goes back into the room upstairs and opens the bathroom door. And it's like Laura with like some like design book like covering her, but otherwise naked in the bathroom. Yes. And it's it's Laura from the New York office. And then as Bridget's like having this realization, just to like twist the knife, Laura's like, I thought you said she was thin. What? What are we doing here? This is crazy. Girls can be really mean. And that was a really mean thing. I to don't say. think that would and no one in that situation, I'm pretty sure people would just be like, I'm not gonna say anything and I'm gonna hope that she leaves. She does seem fine with the fact that Hugh Grant was having sex with her. Which, fine, there yeah, are couples sure. who were like that, but I thought that that was interesting, too. But then Bridget should have been in on that. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, she should have known about that. Then why, yeah, then why not communicate that you have this polyamorous of sorts relationship with the woman in the New York office? Yeah, he's actively hiding it. Yeah. He's actively hiding it, which means he's in the wrong. Agreed. He's he's withholding information that she, I think, would not enjoy and would end their relationship. So he doesn't tell yeah. her so he can continue getting what he wants out of the relationship, which, you know, is terrible. Yeah. Uh, we cut to her bathroom where she has a fabulous green tub. I loved it. <laughs> Love that green tub. But then she's also watching Fatal Attraction with Glenn Close. So she comes into the office next day and she's wearing a long skirt, tennis shoes, very much dressed down from how she has been. Yes, because... And she's just trying to do her job. Exactly. She is in an impossible situation. Yeah. The guy she was banging slash her boss is like, in her mind, cheating on her with the girl from the New York office, and she still has to go to work. It's terrible. Yeah, and watch it happen. It's brutal. Uh, And she's just trying to do her job, right? And she basically confronts him of like, well, she just flew in yesterday. Oh, she didn't. You've known her for a long time. Yeah. And this is where he's like, we're engaged. It's days later. This she was deceived. Like, I don't oh, think that yes. they were as serious as she thought, but she was deceived. It's, it's this that makes it so easy to believe that, like, Hugh Grant did sleep with Colin Firth's wife. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, we cut back to Bridget's house where on her fridge she has pictures of skinny women's bodies with her heads attached to them. I hate it. I hate it so much, Paige. She did look like Grays with them attached, though, to her giant head. I don't know. (laughs) The proportions off. (laughs) She's like, I love to, like, abduct people. Disembowel cows. (laughs) Anal probes because of the sex from earlier. Oh, yeah, because the butt stuff. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of butt stuff in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So she says that she's like, I'm not going to accept spinsterhood. I'm going to choose vodka and Chaka Khan. And I'm like, I, I approve heartily of one of those things. Chaka Khan? It's not the vodka. <laughs> it was <Yeah>. Chaka Khan. <laughs> so she hits the gym, throws out the vodka and cigarettes, which, by the way, if you're a smoker and you just stop cold turkey, it's going to make you gain weight. Just a heads up. Like, Well, smoking is an appetite suppressant. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's terrible for you. Please quit. Anyway. So she, you know, throws out her stuff. We see her going to the gym multiple times and she starts applying for jobs as a TV producer and researcher. I will remind you that her job was just in PR for a publishing company. She has no experience. And I think with the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like she repeatedly sleeps with her boss for positions. Uh, mm, 
Uh, I think what the movie was trying to imply <laughs> is that like she watches so much TV, clearly a job in TV would be good for her. Oh, I thought it was that she was so attractive that she could definitely get a job on camera immediately. I mean, I feel like you can't have it both ways and call her fat constantly, but then also have her immediately get a job on television. <laughs> I know, Paige, but that's what happens in this movie. Yeah, but what if we just pay her 70% of what we would normally play, pay a guy that we put on camera? That already happened. I'm sure that that is what happened. Yeah, we just don't see it. Mm -hmm. um, but so she goes through a bunch of interviews, doesn't get them, and she gets to a final one and she's just like, okay, well, uh, I fucked my boss and so I have to find a new job. And he's like, great, start on Monday. No one ever gets sacked for, <laughs> for shagging the boss. And I was like, this is bad. <laughs> this is out of a bad situation into a bad situation. <laughs> I mean, unless you're just looking to sue yet another company for sexual harassment. It was wild it was wild <laughs> yeah. so she goes in to give her notice and hugh grant is like you're supposed to give six weeks notice first of all six weeks notice anywhere fuck the fuck off i don't know what it's like over there in the uk we have but... to give four weeks to get our full pto oh uh, well did you it, it was in your contract when you joined or when you signed it's a company policy if they didn't put it in your contract they can fuck right off and they still owe you that pto money no they don't we're an at-will state oh uh, yeah like so i mean we technically are too but it it our laws tend to favor the employees they would still have to pay yeah, you. yeah we have zero workers protections because we're a republican controlled state anyway six weeks notice crazy so She's like, yeah, I, you know, I don't think I do have to give six weeks notice because we banged. So, no. And I do love that her her other lady co-worker is like, no, stand your ground. Fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yes, girl. Yes. Um, and he tries to offer her like another job. And she's like, "Uh, -uh bye. Now, I wish that she had like actually held him accountable for what happened. But I also understand her being like, eh, I participated too. I'll take my free six weeks. Bye. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was whatever. a consensual relationship. But yeah, I mean, why not use it to get out of? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have any problem with what she did here to get, that, get out of that six weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she starts this new job where they have her in a short skirt on like a fire pole it's very much an objectifying yes which is nuts because up until this point the whole movie is telling me that she's unattractive and then they put her in this like attractive role where they're like sexualizing her anyway so she gets invited to a party with a bunch of married married friends where she's the only single one, which, by the way, if your friends do this to you, you can decline. You don't have to go to that shit. Yeah, just don't go. I mean, honestly, like, I think the movie's playing it like it's a joke. Like, there's some components of this movie that are, like, magical realism in nature. And I sort of think they do that here to, like, point out how awkward it does feel to be, like, the ninth wheel, which she is or maybe even the 11th wheel because it's five couples and her right yeah when i'm the ninth wheel all i see is four jealous dudes <laughs> okay <laughs> but this is one of the guys is super fucking creepy at this party where he's like rubbing his wife's pregnant belly and he's just like unwear married women in their 30s Ugh. TikTok just like, baby or whatever TikTok bitch yeah but he very much does make it seem like a woman's only worth is the amount of children she can birth for the man she marries 
Yeah, unmarried women in her 30s. That's only worth like three goats. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucked up. Anyway, Mark Darcy is there, Colin Firth. And so as she goes to leave the party, he kind of tracks her down to kind of be like, hey, I feel like I've been mean to you. You don't deserve that. This was rough, clearly. And I like you the way that you are, which I think is him responding to what just happened. Same. I don't think this is him like, hey, want to smash. Yeah. Like, that's not the vibe I get. The vibe I get is like, hey, you seem like you're going through a sad time and that you don't think people like you very much. I like you. I think you're fun. Please stay, stay with us and hang out and have a good time. Side effect of being nice to people, they do want to smash. Well, and that's why you got to sing the song. <laughs> Be yourself. Terrible hey now, song. you're an all-star. Oh, get your game on. <laughs> Be great. Because hey, hey. it's smash mouth, which is what I'm trying to do. It's <laughs> smash their mouth. <laughs> it's a blowjob joke, Paige. All yeah. that and a musical is joke. Oh, Only so shooting crazy. stars break the mouths. Are you happy now? I like how you made that Mikey's problem. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kind of. I'm really <laughs> proud of myself. But I mean, I can't control where it goes. I mean. You can if you point it in the right direction. I'm just saying, you know, like, your hand is there. Anyway. You're not completely wrong, but you're also not completely right. Like, you can kind of aim it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she goes and talks to her friends and she said, yeah, just the way you are. And one of her friends is like, not thinner or cleverer. Hmm. Weird. I know. It's <laughs> just like, what? It's terrible. <laughs> your friends are off. By the way, if you have friends who put you down all the time, not your friend. Get rid of them. Terrible. It is. Anyway, November 9th, her 33rd birthday. She's like, I'm now 138 pounds. And I'm just like, "Ugh, can we stop? First of all, stop concentrating on just the number. Like. Bare minimum. <laughs> I mean, you can fluctuate pounds over the course of a day. Yeah. Like, based upon, like, when you're weighing Muscle, yourself and fat, shit like any that. any number yeah. of things. Like, it's, oh, God, I hate it so much. Yeah, it's bad. Anyway, there's a big case with some freedom fighter who is married to a British lady, and she's fighting to get him not deported. It's this whole thing. Yeah. She's supposed to report on it. Anyway, they go to the courthouse. She pops out to try and buy cigarettes. The camera crew is like, ah, oh, we fucking missed it. Like, that, that he's gone. We can't interview him. But she runs into Colin Firth while she's buying cigarettes. Yes. And he's like, oh, I was the defense attorney, so. I can get you a one-on-one interview with me, the defense attorney, and the client and his wife. Right. Even though I told them not to give any interviews. Too late. We're going to do one. So she does. And by the way, she's not a great interviewer either. <laughs> She's just the only person who got one. I think it plays it like she's crushing it, though, which to me was very funny. She's like, what's your favorite color? Yeah, well, because she's just like, so tell me, you know, like, are you happy? And Colin Firth gives this really insightful, great answer. And she's like, great. So when did you know he was the one? And you're like, what is this? The view? (laughs) Like, what is happening? (laughs) It felt almost like a little bit between two ferns-ish. Yes. But a little bit more cringy because I didn't know if everyone on stage was involved in the bit. Yep. 
Uh, so we cut to her cooking a birthday dinner for a friend. And the second she reached for that blue twine, I was like, yeah, blue soup, girl. Mm-mm. And she nope. do have blue soup later on. We come to find out. She do. And she fails so hard at cooking. It's almost impossible. But my favorite thing is, as I noticed it, I was like, does Richard Curtis have a problem with cooking? Because in every Richard Curtis movie, someone can't cook. And it's like a story point. You're right. It is. What is that about? Hello, Fresh. If you want your... <laughs> Uh, Anyway Darcy comes up And the door was open Which by the way Lock your fucking doors Yes Please lock your door (laughs) Anyway He comes in And helps her cook and it's it's not really edible, but everyone's having a good time. Everyone's laughing about it. And then who should show up but Hugh Grant, which, by the way, if I was her and Hugh Grant walked in the door, I'd be like, get the fucking fuck out. We have nothing to talk about. Like, bye bye. Yeah. And the fact that she's like, let's hear him out, though. I say we let him go. <laughs> like, it's wild. I mean, and he, they do, like, separate to have like a quick chat. And she's like, well, what about Laura? And she's like, ah, she broke up with me. But, like, you're the one for me, <laughs> which is such a wild, insane thing to say. Like, Ugh. he's only there because Laura broke up with him. Yeah, he's terrible. And again, they got nothing to talk about, mama. Yeah. Nothing. He is history for a reason. Let him stay in the past. Like, this is throw him out. Yeah. But she doesn't, which really upsets Colin Firth, which understandable because it, if you're someone who watches a friend re-engage with a bad relationship, it can be very frustrating. Especially if the person they're re-engaging in that bad relationship with fucked your wife. Yes. Like, I get why Colin Firth beats his ass in this scene in what I will call my favorite fight scene in any movie ever. It is a great, great fight scene. How many fight scenes, Mikey, do you know that stop to sing happy birthday to somebody and then re-continue? So funny, but also... Still shorter than my favorite, and they live. Yeah. I do love every fight scene in they Pinnacle. live. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the one thing that I hate about this fight scene is it's scored to the song it's raining men but it's a cover it's not the original weather girls version and thus it is more subdued and not as good agree bummer summer yeah anyway especially for a song that's so distinct and people know the original so well Uh, it was wild the original is what the one you know yeah exactly yeah anyway so as they're fighting bridget tells everyone else she's like oh yeah because like you know, he he fucked his fiance and she has the story wrong, but they fight. She chastises Colin Firth of like, what the fuck is your problem? You're as bad as everybody else. And he's like, sorry, I thought we had a thing, but uh, apparently we didn't. Bye. I mean, also, and leaves. isn't he engaged? And yes. at this point, she thinks that Colin Firth fucked Hugh Grant's fiance, right? Right. So, like, I do understand her reaction in this moment. It's just based on the lie Hugh Grant told her, you know? Well, but here, okay, here is my thing. And maybe it's just because I'm a busybody. But (laughs) if you befriend, like, she befriends Colin Firth. Yes. They're close. He's at her house. At no point does she ask him about what happened to his wife. I know. I did think that was crazy, too, but she doesn't. No. Maybe because she, she didn't want to make it awkward. It's like this sad thing in his life. It's not super recent, but it's recent enough. Like, maybe she doesn't want to bring it up. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. They were going to get set up on a date at one point. I'd want to know. Ask. Me too. You know, like, you've now known each other for a while. They've interacted for a bit. They have a burgeoning friendship. That's how you get to know people. Like, yeah, I couldn't believe she didn't ask. Anyway. Same. So, 
Hugh Grant is basically like pretends to be unconscious and then he's not. And he's like, if I can't make it with you, I can't make it with anyone. And I was like, oh, that's the wrong thing to say. Like that's I think he thinks it sounds like you're the only one I could be with. But what it really sounds like is if I can't make a desperate girl like you like me, then I can't make anyone. like That's the way it sounded to me. Hate it. And I do like that. She's like, I'm looking for something more extraordinary than that. I was like, this is the one time. I'm like, yes, Bridget. <laughs> the one time. Yeah, yeah, it's like I just I just want like one level above what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, we cut to her more depressed, and now she's like, I'm 140 pounds. And you're just like, oh, okay. And she's like, and 40 mince pies. Like, quit listing out what you ate. <laughs> like, this is Yeah, no one cares about your shitty ass British food. <laughs> I had tons of fish and chips. No one cares. Go get a curry or whatever British stuff. <laughs> Curry's do slap, though. Curry's do slap. Anyway, she and her dad are watching the Home Shopping Network. But anyway, her mom comes home. Now, granted, there was a scene where her mom called and implied that she was in a fucking abusive relationship. And Bridget was just like, I can't talk right now. I have blue soup. Click. Like, just- well, and that's why you shouldn't treat your daughter bad. Because when you need them to be there for you, they won't be. Don't I know it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, again, not, that's not a reference to my parents at all. It's yeah. Anyway, so the mom comes home and she's like, honestly, close up. He was almost purple. Like... Can we get back together? Thankfully, her husband is very kind and forgiving and is like, yes, I have missed you. <laughs> like, please. And I don't know that I would have let someone come back after that. Um, no, I mean, he but, chooses to. That's his own decision. Yeah, like that's sort of how I feel about it, too. Like, it's sort of sad. I also don't I really sort of hate the way that like her parents don't grow and learn anything themselves. Like as the mom leaves in the beginning, her dad's house gets dirtier and dirtier. Like he doesn't learn yep. to take fucking care of himself mm-hmm. over the course of the year. His wife mm-hmm. is fucking a closeted presenter, like TV presenter. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you also found him yeah, to be of, of likely course. closeted because yeah. that's how it read to me. Too. But like, know that I loved that character. Like, oh, I, I thought wild. he was eccentric, and I loved it. But I hated that like they neither of those two characters showed any growth, but like still ended back up together, which does happen sometimes in those situations. But like, hated that it part does. of the movie. Yeah, I, yeah, I did not love it. Uh, but then also, this is where she finds out what actually happened to Mark's wife, that his his wife left him on Christmas Day and they get in another racist comment here about her being a cruel race it's nuts but she realizes like oh my god hugh grant is the one that actually did the cheating yeah and so she and her parents go to a christmas party that he's going to be at i i imagine this as the same party as last year it just shifts houses among their little community of people that they know yeah that's what I figured too Like they're The yeah. well to do Sort of social elite Yeah Well yeah, just people In the countryside Cause it is like A pride and prejudice Rip off Yeah the gentry. The landed gentry. What are you, Reddit CEO? So she shows up and she talks to Colin Firth and is just like, I'm so sorry. I owe you an apology. Like he was a liar. I didn't realize this happened and I'm so sorry. And now I understand why you don't like him. And she's like, can we go talk outside for a bit? Sure. And she says, you once said that you liked me just as I am. And I wanted to tell you that I feel the same. But then she proceeds to like roast him for five minutes. Yeah. Because apparently she doesn't know how to do anything but say 
mean things <laughs> to herself and others. Um, but then she says, you're a nice man and I like you. And if you wanted to pop by sometime, that could be more than nice. And he says, okay, uh, they're about to give a toast. Excuse me. And of course, the to in the toast, they're like, he made partner. He's moving to New York. Also, he's engaged to this girl that's been here the whole time. Yeah. So like when he was at her house, when he was being set up, like this girl has been here the entire time. I mean, but he has made no advances. They on... were staying in a hotel room together, Todd. Who were? He and the partner. I know. Colin Firth has made no sexual advances towards Bridget Jones. Yeah, I would say the only thing that I thought was iffy was the birthday, but that could have just been accidental. But yeah, I don't think this is uh, when they end up together at the end. I'm confused because it seems like there has not been a romantic connection between them. And also, is he still with his fiance? Like, does she need to have a conversation too? like? I, I, yeah, I, it's very confusing. It's very confusing, but also they're like, hey, they're getting engaged, and Bridget ruins their engagement announcement based on the fact that he was like, I kind of like you, I guess. I thought it was very funny because his dad, like Colin Firth's dad is like, hey, got partner, moving to New York, engaged to this great lady, she's going to be going with them. And then Bridget Jones goes, no! Yeah. Like, in the middle of the crowded room, and is like, we can't lose one of England's great legal minds. <laughs> How terrible would that be for us as a nation? I, I thought it was... Like an emotional reaction with a very funny, like trying to walk it back. It was, but it's one. It's it's very much. We're all trying to figure out who did this, but like, <laughs> and she is fully wearing the hot dog suit. Wearing the hot dog suit. Uh, <laughs> but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, in real life, this would be mortifying. This would be so terrible. As as the fiance, I'd be furious. Fuck, I like, would, if I did that, if I had that emotional, like no, and like realized I said it aloud. I would also immediately just fucking leave. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't try to explain it. I'd be like, I'd pull a Mikey and be like, I got a shit. I'm out of here. I gotta go to the loo. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't say no. I said go. As in, yay. As in, go get to the New fuck York. out. We never liked you, right? Like, it's a joke, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we cut to her back at her apartment, and she's bummed out. So her and her friends are all going to go to Paris. And they're packing the car. And as they do, he's there in the snow and he's like, I didn't go to New York because I haven't kissed you goodbye yet. And I'm like, again, aren't engaged? you engaged? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they go up to her apartment and I do love that this time she's like, I need to find the genuinely tiny underwear, which is not what she ends up wearing. I was hoping she would wear that same song from earlier, but she doesn't. Uh, she just but she does put on you know, smaller underwear than the, the Spanx or whatever. Uh, and while she's kind of changing, he finds her diary and reads through it and leaves. Yeah. She chases after him in her underwear. But this is where I was like, this is an obvious thigh gap this entire time. Because she's barely a normal sized woman. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We yeah. all saw the Playboy Bunny outfit earlier where yeah. she was yeah. obviously a hot woman. All right, you can't hide. All right, you know, you know, uh, Sandra Bullock in this movie for there me. There are plenty okay? of, of plus size hot women too. I just think that if you're going to constantly comment on somebody's weight and their struggle yeah, with it, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that's what <laughs> like makes it so fucking gross. Yes, it's real gross. Uh, but she runs after him and he's like, oh, I was just buying you another diary. So they make out and it's implied that they, she says, nice, by, nice boys don't kiss like that. And he's like, oh, yes, they fucking do. And it's implied that they smash. Um, but then after, as the credits are rolling, 
We see home videos of them as children because they supposedly knew each other's children. And in the home video, she's eating a giant piece of cake. Yeah. She's eating handfuls of candy cigarettes and then a bottle of wine and then runs around shirtless as a child for a long time. I hate all of it. You know, because comedy. Yeah. I did not watch that part. You know what? I think you're better for it. Okay. And that's, that's the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what'd you guys think of? About Bridget Jones' diary. Boring. I hope it never graces my eyelids again. Same. I did not love this movie. Mm -mm. I do feel like it was trying to go for the Notting Hill vibe of like real life romance, you know, grounded in reality, but it like misses the mark on every. Thing it's trying to do I feel like this movie has so many shitty things to say about body image and how you talk to yourself as a person and the way people view themselves and confidence that I don't need it polluting my system yeah the fact that this movie like contains no real growth from like Renee Zellweger's character mm-hmm. and then I don't know it's just so sad to me that like at the beginning yep. of this movie we see a woman who hates herself and that shows up in who she picks in relationships. And at the end of this movie, we see it again. Yeah, we see that she still hates herself, but yeah. because he says he doesn't hate her, everything's okay. But that's not going to fix the problem that she hates herself, and it's going to continue the cycle in relationships she has had her whole life. Yes! I love being with a partner whose whole self-worth is based on my opinion. Oh. It's, Mikey, it's terrible. Mama, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anyone else? Thank you, Mama Roo. Thank you. You got to put the <laughs> oxygen mask on yourself before you throw the baby out the plane or whatever. Honestly, that made sense. You need that energy to spike that baby. Never fly with Mikey is what I'm learning. (laughs) If you have a baby. You have to fill your cup so that you have energy to fill the cups of those around you. Like a champagne tower tower waterfall thing yeah but i so that's one of the reasons i i think i really dislike the movie is because no one really has any sort of character growth like hugh grant's a shitty dude the entire movie it's also it's paced crazy i can't believe i haven't said this until now it's an hour and a half long and it feels two hours long it because really it's paced does. crazy yeah it does i just didn't like it i mean, couldn't hold my attention either <laughs> watch dumplin instead i really dumplin made me cry or survival of the thickest well no because i have to make us watch something that i've been waiting for something that i have been waiting to go to streaming has finally gone to streaming at an affordable price and we can't not do it yeah we'll get to your pick but before we do do you have any fun facts for us yeah well here it is with your fun facts diary fun facts so to prepare for the role renee zellweger gained 25 pounds and worked at a publishing company for a month And according to her, she was not recognized, uh, but kept a framed picture of Jim Carrey, who was her boyfriend at the time, on her desk. And her coworkers found the photo weird, but never mentioned it because they didn't want to embarrass her. They didn't know who Renee Zellweger was? I think it's bullshit. I think it's total bullshit because she looks like Renee Zellweger in this. Like, I don't know how you wouldn't recognize her. Also, I have a slight issue with people rather than casting someone who has maybe lived experience as someone who's heavier that they just ask a thin person to cosplay as a fat person i hate that well at least she actually put on weight and didn't just put on a fat suit like 
in yes, shallow he, hell. Shallow like, hell. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. completely agree with you, and you're not wrong. But like, this is yeah. at least a better way of doing it. Like, what's his name? He was Batman. Christian, like Christian Bale, when he like lost oh, all the yeah. way from when the machines. Cheney, or what? Yeah, and then on the other side of that, when he played Cheney, like, yeah, I have a lot of respect for people who who can have that much control over their body. Like, that's an insane level of acting. But it is gross, Paige. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. And also, I mean, largely because there are like plus size actors at the time who could have done this. Oh, yeah. But I also I I refuse to believe that after Jerry Maguire, she could have worked in a publicist's office for a month and no one be like, hey, weren't you in Jerry Maguire? Jerry Maguire. Yes. And this movie is three years after that. Yeah. Indie film you're talking about. Jerry Maguire. I know. Well, and, and this is now, okay, the one thing that this has going for it is it's one of the few film franchises that is exclusively directed by female directors, and that just makes me sadder. I'm like, oh, no. Ladies, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Um. So, Salman Rushdie's cameo was a total accident. Really? Yes. Uh, one of his friends, author and screenwriter Helen Fielding, called him up and said, "How, hey, how would you like to make a fool of yourself? And he showed up on set. I would 1000% show up under those exact circumstances. Like, yeah. hey, do you want to be made an ass in a movie? I'd be like, fuck yes. Where do I sign up? Yeah. Uh, Darcy is obviously based on Mr. Darcy Clearly. from Pride and Prejudice, who also, by the way, again, Jane Austen wrote satire. Mr. Darcy is not someone you should aspire to date. He's not a nice guy. Uh, Anyway, uh, so Helen Fielding, who wrote the novel and I believe contributed to the screenplay, um, based that character on Pride and Prejudice, obviously, but also linked things like Pemberley Press, Pemberley Estate. A lot of it was cut from the film, um, but there was a lot more Pride and Prejudice tie-ins, uh, okay. which is odd. I mean, it is it, it is like a, a, pri- a remake of Pride and Prejudice. It does feel like it. Well, it's not because the rest of the story does it. It's only Darcy, really. Yeah. And then the quote that it is a truth universally, universally acknowledged that the moment one area of your life starts going okay, another fa- basically falls spectacularly to pieces. That's a reference to the line, the opening line of Pride and Prejudice. I feel like comparing this movie to Pride and Prejudice is a disservice because she is nowhere near the character that Elizabeth Bennet is. It's just like she's way more two dimensional. Like, yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah. She's no Kira Knightley. Yeah. Uh, now, the director of the movie, Sharon McGuire, was the real life inspiration for the character of one of her friends, one of Bridget's friends. And her name is in the acknowledgement of the books. Now, in the sequel, all the characters are played by the same actor, with the exception of Mrs. Darcy, who we barely see in this movie. But yeah. she um, unfortunately passes away. So she is replaced. Oh, that's sad. It is. We covered the fact that it's Moaning Myrtle. Yeah. Now, the casting of Renee Zellweger caused initial controversy with a lot of fans of the book outraged over the fact that very British Bridget was to be played by an American actress. Which I was like, oh, that's what you were mad about? Okay, fine. Uh, whatever. But she gets an Academy Award nomination, and I fucking hate that. And uh, people stop complaining after that, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Wild. But yeah, I think she's from Texas. Yeah, she is. Which is like 
the furthest from British you can be, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she worked with the same accent coach that Gwyneth Paltrow did for Shakespeare in Love. So there's that. Hugh Grant only agrees to do this movie when Richard Curtis is announced as the writer for the screenplay or the, the adapter, I should say. They collaborated a lot during this time. So that that, that does not surprise me. Yeah. According to Salman Rushdie, he and Hugh Grant had a scene in which they briefly kissed Uh, But the scene never made the final cut. Toni Collette, uh, another thin woman of note, uh, was offered the role, but had Broadway commitments and had to turn it down. Really? I believe, yes, I believe they probably offered her this role after Muriel's wedding, which we should do at some point. But Muriel's wedding is another one where people say terrible things to a person about their self-esteem. But it is played more tongue in cheek in a way that's like, yeah, this is bad. <laughs> but at one point, someone just says, you're terrible, Muriel. <laughs> it's one of my favorite <laughs> things ever. Anyway, they spent six weeks shooting in and around London. Uh, and in addition to Tony Collette, Patricia Arquette, Rosanna Arquette, Julie Benz, Juliette Binochet, Selma Blair, Kate Blanchett, Saffron Burroughs, Helena Bonham Carter, Tony Collette, Cameron Diaz, Amanda Donahoe, Claire Forlani, Rachel Griffiths, Elizabeth Hurley, Nicole Kidman, Alex Kingston, Lucy Lawless, Sophie Marceau, Catherine McCormick, Jeanette McTeer, Emily Mortimer, Julia, Julia Ormond, Sally Phillips, Jolie Richardson, Miranda Richardson, Nicolette Sheridan, Tilda Swinton, Kristen Scott Thomas, Emma Thompson, Emily Watson, Naomi Watts, Rachel Wise, Olivia Williams, Kate Winslet, and Catherine Zeta-Jones were all considered for the role of Bridget. And there's maybe three names in that list that wouldn't make me furious. (laughs) No shit. That's like every famous actress of the day. Like, And many of them are models. I would say Kate. Kate Winslet probably could have done this very well. And but this is also at the time where people are it's Titanic and people are criticizing her weight, even though she's a very straight sized lady. (laughs) Um, The other one, Catherine Zeta Jones, was also criticized for her weight at the time while being a straight sized lady. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Lucy Lawless, though, a little more muscular, still straight sized lady, but. Those are the three that I'm like, maybe I could have tolerated this, I guess. Probably not, though. Uh, The bunny costume was so tight, Renee couldn't sit down in it. All right. And this is the shortest Bridget Jones film. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. What do you think the budget was for Bridget Jones's diary? Fifty million dollars. Okay. I'm actually going to say sixty million. Guys, it was twenty-five million dollars. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Now, if you adjust for inflation, that's forty-three million dollars today. But in two thousand one, when this came out, it was twenty-five million dollars. Now, this premiered in the box office on April thirteenth, two thousand one. It was number three the weekend it came out. It was beat by Spy Kids. Number two that weekend was Along Came a Spider. Obviously, number three was Bridget Jones's Diary. Number four was Joe Dirt. And number five was Blow. What do you think Bridget Jones' Diary made in its opening weekend? $27 million. Okay. I'm going to go a little lower and say 19 Pays your closer. It was actually $10.7 million. Uh, and it was actually only in like 1,600 theaters, which is about half of what is available at the time. Like, for instance, Spy Kids, who was the number one movie that weekend, was in 3,100 theaters mm-hmm. that same weekend. So, like, it did 
really good per screen, but was on half the screens the number one movie was that weekend. Right. Anyway, it was in theaters for a total of 17 weeks. So from April 13th all the way through the weekend of August 3rd, 2001. So it gets out just in time. What do you think it made in those 17 weeks domestically? Domestically, I'm going to say it makes 80. Okay. 100 million. All right. Page is closer. It was $71.5 million. Now, this is a very British heavy movie. And internationally, it did very well. It made an, another $201.9 million in the international markets. Uh, 52 of which came from the United Kingdom alone. So it did really well. I mean, that puts its total box office up to $273.4 million on $25 million budget. Like that's a ton of money made. If you adjust for inflation, that's $471.3 million today. But again, in 2001, when the movie came out, it was $273.4 million. I understand why they made sequels to this. Yeah. But that is your box office. Mikey, do you want to hit him with that romance scale? Yeah, our romance scale is how romantic we found this film today. Yeah. Even even though this film was scary. On a scale of one to ten, Paige. One, and then I'm going to give it zero lion roars. Well, there are no sex scenes, so I'm going to give it a zero lion roar as well. Like, there are, like, I guess some, like, foreplay scene we see, but not really sex scenes. What about your romance part? Yeah, it's a one. This is not a very romantic film at all. All right, I'm going to give it a one on the romance. I'm going to get one lion roar because I was, like, super into that Playboy Bunny costume. Okay. Hey, it looks great. It It looks great. She looked great in it. Yeah, absolutely. I have a thing for the costumes. And, like, you know, that's a personal preference. I get it. I appreciate this about you because up until recently, I thought you were too vanilla for costumes. So I am excited for you and your sexual future. That's our romance scale. Yeah. So this week, I made you guys watch Bridget Jones's Diary. Paige, what are you going to make us watch next week? It's finally affordably streaming. We are watching. The Outlander starring Celine Dion produced and starring Love Again. Wait, she's in the movie? Playing herself, Todd. She plays herself. If you were going to pick this, I was going to pick it at some point. I'm picking it. We're doing it. I needed a palate cleanser after this movie. Now, some of you have DM'd me saying that this movie was actually not bad. And I tell you. You're wrong. I haven't even seen it, but there's no fucking way this movie's good. That's why I'm here, folks. I will defend this movie for you. No. If I can pay attention, which is Doubt hard it. if they did a lot of talky talk. I mean, that's usually <laughs> how movies go. Yeah. I guess we'll have to wait until next week to find out if Mikey could sit through the talky talk when we break down the film Love Again. Claire. So that's your homework for next week. Yay. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? No. Well... While you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review read on the podcast, and that's to leave us a five-star text review, and we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? Dragon Fan. Well, what does a Dragon Fan have to say? Even if you hate rom-coms, you'll love this podcast. Absolutely. Rom-coms are usually at the bottom of my watch list, and no one can convince me to watch one, except Paige, Mikey, and Tom. <laughs> their, chem- okay. their chemistry is great. The inside jokes are fun. If you haven't listened to all the episodes, what are you even doing with your life? Agreed. I was already a horror version listener when they started this pod. I can't thank you all enough for doubling the joy I get every week by getting two episodes with the thruple. 
Keep up the awesome work. And thank you for letting us laugh along with you. Five stars. Well, Dragon Fan, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, pages at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. I kind of would have hit it with Bridget Jones' mom. She seemed crazy enough where it would have been good. <laughs> you would make an excellent QVC presenter. Bye.